All right, so um, we found a guy. Oh, we found a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we where? lost a guy. Wait, where? We found a guy. <laughs> Andy is not with us tonight, uh, yeah. so we went out and got ourselves the next best mm-hmm. thing. Um, he's busy yeah. race norming statistics for uh, a big case that he's got. To yeah, win. that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, 33rd on the list, but I was just <laughs> glad to be on the list at all, like Harry Anderson and Nightcore. <laughs> yeah, so we have we have fired Andy for his no show, no call, no show, uh, mm-hmm. and we have uh, hired uh, Charles Charles yeah, Starr, right. formerly of uh, the Mike Dicta podcast. Mm-hmm. Occasionally the hostile witness, but uh, yes. guess what? I hate editing. <laughs> was that long lived enough to to really? <laughs> it was. It was in my in my heart. Every it podcast was. is special. Look, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not even dead. It's just you know like a tardigrade. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just needs to warm it up again. It's between seasons. Yeah, but it's good right. because it, it, it makes our glacial release pace uh, look positively speedy. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. That that's is right. very true. You know, so uh, just to, you know, to set a few ground rules, Charles, uh, yeah. you're not the host. Uh, <laughs> I can Get ready to play that, that one is, in six months. I have to read the contract again. <laughs> <laughs> but also, since uh, you're probably one of the few people that did the reading today, please host. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I understand. I understand all of that. I will also note uh, that you had uh, Re on to talk mm-hmm. about a very uh, serious um, in infringement of civil rights of uh, American citizens and the relation to Palestine. And you have uh, me on to talk about morons. Yes. Yes. There are American <laughs> citizens who are being persecuted for being white males, basically. Yes. Yeah. Except for Sidney Powell, right. who isn't a white male. Yes. But they, she's spiritually a white male. So. Yes. Yeah. We, we all get to talk about what's closest to our heart. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say uh, this is an incredibly Mike Dicta uh, episode in that it turns on something more newsworthy than our usual uh, subjects. Yeah. Certainly more timely, although not all that timely. <laughs> also, anymore. it's way too many assholes talking over each other on a microphone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it involves, yeah, kind of a, a motley collection of lawyers uh, <laughs> spouting off uh, and getting themselves into trouble. So, yeah. in a sense, uh, this is the perfect episode to, uh, to bring you in. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, Introduce you to the uh, A-Lab uh, uh, listenership, which I'm sure is exactly the same as the Mike Dick right. listenership, uh, as uh, our, one of our uh, newest uh, friends and contributors. Yeah. So welcome, Charles. Oh, thank you. I do, I do. Oh, sorry. You go, Michael. Before you, before you start, me. I do want to note. <laughs> I do want to note for everyone. I really appreciate you mentioned Mike Dick because it really felt like. Charles immediately tried to make this into a Mike Dicta episode. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but it's like we had our one case, like typical A Lab, and he's like, "Yeah, but what about this? What about this Colorado sanctions case? Can, <laughs> can, can, can we add in another one?" And it's like, "I don't know. I, I, maybe. I guess it's related." He's like, "Yeah, hey, what about Rudy Giuliani?" That's I did. <laughs> that's not even a sanctions case, but we we should consider doing a piece on that. And if we hadn't shut that down, you know what was next was do three sections yeah, yeah. And, and his like i know rudy in colorado's a lot of extra reading so if you guys want 
I'll take the lead on those. I'll do, <laughs> I'll, do the, I'll do the heavy lifting, and you guys can just you know chime in with jokes. It'll make your lives much easier. That's you know, and then and then we'll just have like a third one that's not so serious. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just you know, just see where it's headed immediately. As long as I can just check out for ninety percent of the episode, it'll be like coming home again. Uh, yeah, so, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> So, anyway, welcome, Charles. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're listening to A-Lab. My name is Charles, and this is my first episode, but A-Lab is on episode 25. In this episode, we discuss the denouement of Trump hopeful post-election litigation, better known generally as the Kraken. In particular, we'll be discussing the sanctions decision by Judge Linda Parker of the Eastern District of Michigan against Sidney Powell, L. Lynn Wood, and other lesser lights of the MAGA cinematic universe. We hope you enjoy it. I'm the host. Yeah, I guess uh, we should probably point out that we are talking about the Kraken case. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, more specifically, so by, kind of the aftermath of the Kraken. Yes. Right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And so by Kraken, what are we referring to? We're referring to uh, cases brought by morons to overturn the election. Right. Yeah. So if you're listening right. to this in the far, far future, this is about the 2020 election. Joe Biden won it. He won a handful of states by a couple. Allegedly. 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 We hear. Right. If you're listening far enough in the future, he We have gone on the record that. saying the January 6th guys were, <laughs> were completely right. Uh, and so there was these lawsuits as part of kind of really, I think, I mean, this is just my view on it, but mostly just kabuki theater to kind of rile these idiots up and, and kind of say that the election was yeah, I, not as, as clean right. as it was. Yeah. Um, right. And well, it's not it's not just your opinion. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, like every judge, <laughs> every judge eventually gets around to saying that it's also their opinion. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that, that it is that it is only just sort of nominally legal. Right. And that right. there are case captions, but everything else is theatrical. Every, yeah. every judge lands on the, the inescapable in, inescapable conclusion that like they could not possibly believe this shit. <laughs> like, right, like, right. like there's just no way. Like I don't, I don't buy buy it. Right. You, are, you are full of shit. Like right, yeah. Though the, I'm not even sure they go that far because they uh, they basically feel like you may possibly believe this, <laughs> but that <laughs> itself was reckless. <laughs> yeah, trusting right. yeah, your own instincts is right. sanctionable. Right, right. Yeah. Like not not asking someone who isn't insane is really yeah. where you fell down here. Yeah. Um. And and like so, this is the Michigan case, right? The big one. The big one yeah. was the Michigan case where uh, the Kraken was, you know, all the stuff filed by Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, uh, various hangers on, and local council. Uh, yeah. Where they sued to get the Michigan, in this case specifically, state results overturned on uh, the grounds that the pillow guy hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. That's I mean, great. just just to really quickly read, I mean, the, it really does not even bear mentioning exactly what they thought in that case. But basically, they, they said that a bunch of people voted illegally, whatever that means. And mm-hmm. because of that, they asked the court point blank to overturn the elections in Michigan 
with the hopes that it would hand the election over to Trump. Essentially, do over the election because, you know, pick your reason. The votes weren't real. Say say Trump won and send Trump's Electoral College slate to the uh, Electoral College to vote for him. Right. And to the to the extent that it's more than that, like you get into the facts as you sort of pick through the opinion, because they made not only illegal voting allegations, they rope in Dominion and they rope yeah. in all of the election mm-hmm. counting procedures because yeah. it's every crazy affidavit you saw someone testifying to yeah. in a 30 second viral clip <laughs> yeah. right, became part of this uh, became part of this lawsuit. Right. That is everything that was in front of the judge. It's like the most it's a collection of like the most insane like Twitter replies you've ever seen. about The election in lawsuit form. Right. That is precisely what it is. Yes. I mean, the the lawyer in me wants to sort of, you know, give it its due and go through the sort of the gravamen of the complaint and (laughs) flesh out what the complaint, what the what the claims might be. But there really there really wasn't any gravamen of anything yeah, right? I mean, yes. uh, and it didn't go very far uh, at all right and so and, and, and so it got dismissed it's sort yeah. of fairly like as fast as these things move through the court especially on kind of an expedited basis in the though how expedited becomes a real matter that the judge was annoyed by yeah. but on an expedited basis the 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 court in Detroit the eastern district of michigan really did endeavor to get this done before January 6th or, you know, December. Yeah, I guess January 6th. I think there was a December was... deadline, right? Like the state legislatures had to do something. This yeah, is all even one... even by this point, we've all forgotten any of these dates. Right. But but I think right. there were like several kind of key dates that they kind of outlined as being like important to the election not being stolen or whatever. Right. There was like an right. there was like a deadline in early November for someone in uh, oh god the it's electoral, just like old times yeah <laughs> there's now a car alarm going off outside my window <laughs> welcome we back to brooklyn guys uh <laughs> we need to, somebody needs to have a mouse uh run and like unplug their mic cord next time. <laughs> 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 um so uh but then november 14th the michigan had to send it over uh to congress and or no uh, either November, no, December 14th, Michigan had to send it over. Yeah, November and was so the they kept time. telling various courts if it's not done by December 14th, it can't be done. Uh, and then December 4th passed and they did not voluntarily dismiss anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but all this is to lead after kind of all was said and done. Um, you know, the city of Detroit. And uh, a couple other defendants specifically started to look at, uh, including the governor, started to look at sanctioning the lawyers that brought these cases over um, under Rule right. 11 of the, the Rules of uh, Civil Procedure. Right. Right. So what is Rule 11? Yeah. Um, it is uh, essentially the, the procedure by which uh, conduct by attorneys that passes a fairly high bar of outrageousness right. uh, goes to get uh, slapped around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's basically it is, time I, out for attorneys, kind of. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, Rule 11, uh, you know, uh, purports to sort of place some outer boundaries on, on your conduct, and it grants the court power to sanction attorneys who cross those boundaries. It is, uh, as noted in the outline, sparsely enforced. You know, I always think of it as something that you say to lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, counsel, uh, if you insist on, uh, you know, continuing along this, uh, co- you know, uh, course of conduct, I will have no choice but to go to the judge and seek Rule 11 sanctions, you know. Uh, right. But you never actually file a motion right. for sanctions, uh, even when you're dealing with some of the most heinous dipshits imaginable uh, in litigating. It's far more something that you threaten to file. Uh, I've never had them filed against me. I've never actually filed a Rule 11 in 10 years of uh, litigating back in the day. I don't know if any of you guys uh, ever were on the business end of one or filed one. Uh, no. I mean, they're exceedingly rare yeah. even even to have a colorable claim to bring before a judge. Uh, and in fact, I think you run the risk of pissing off a judge uh, if yeah, you they, actually they don't, file. Yeah, they don't want to have to deal with this stuff because – I mean, they, no, and they, they certainly don't. don't want to deal with it if it's just you don't like the lawyer. Like that That's something that's like right. the very last thing a judge wants to get in the middle of. Yeah, yeah. and I mean the the rules are literally a very lawyered way of being roughly the same thing you'd see as like a behavior chart at a nursery school (laughs) you know they're like you have to be serious now right you've got it can't be for harassment purposes you have to have reason to believe what you're saying that what you're saying is supported by existing law and if you're on the business end of a lawsuit anything you deny has to be you know said in good faith Right, yeah. like that's yeah. it. That's yeah. Yeah. those are the rules. They're they're they are exactly what you think the rules would be, and they right. had to write them down just so there's a framework for someone else to decide it. And I will tell you that lawyers routinely, in verified complaints, deny things that they know to be true. Right. And do not get sanctioned for it. Absolutely. So it's a it's an insanely high bar to get a judge involved. Lawyers routinely make statements in complaints that they know to mm-hmm. probably yeah. not be true on information or, and belief. They right. they just say something, yeah, yeah, just so, to get past like a motion to dismiss. Yeah. yeah, it's a much higher bar of there being no factual basis whatsoever for you to say those things. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people people make allegations and denials like like on they make allegations on information and belief. They make denials when they say they, you know, they kind of vaguely hint that they don't understand or don't right. have the resources to find out enough to deny yeah. or whatever. And for on the plaintiff side, information and belief allegations are supposed to be things that you have good reason to believe to be true. But we'll need discovery right. to like you don't, dig to around. Pr- you don't have like the physical evidence in hand, right. but you have a reason to believe it. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, my client told me, you know, yeah. or, even, or we right, think that you know, that. Yeah. you know, we think third hand, you know, like that this this may or may not. What's incredible here is that these lawyers, the Kraken lawyers, like did not meet this minimum standard mm-hmm. of behavior at, at all. Like, not even close. They, right. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not even in the same zip code. Yeah, just, just like, it's incredible how 
how bad it is. It's like an 800-page complaint because most of it are like affidavits yeah. from random people who yeah. who saw a report on the news. Right. But it's a good yeah. thing to focus on is like technically they had information belief, right? Like their clients, quote unquote, told them what was going on, presumably. And yet, as you'll see, like, a, a, of course, Rule 11 sanctions were going to happen from all this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. started on like some of the ways they fucked up is there are procedures under Michigan law on how to challenge elections and the plaintiffs did not pursue them right <laughs> <laughs> they're just like no we're not going to do that and instead they filed this case in federal court um and uh so yeah their claims were like the defendants failed to administer election the election in accordance with the law and that they conducted a scheme and artifice to fraudulently and illegally manipulate the vote count to swing the election for Biden. And yeah, it's so- kind of a it's kind of a big ball move to like uh, say uh, you know defendants failed to administer the election in accordance with the law at the same time you're circumventing that same law's procedures <laughs> for challenging uh, the, the administration exactly. uh, of the election. Well, I mean, they did have a problem in challenging those procedures under Michigan law uh, mainly that none of them were candidates <laughs> and so right. they, they didn't have standing to use any of the election law procedures and yeah. that they have to be filed within like a very short like it's election law right everything right. moves like, fast and yeah. so there's a very short statute of limitations for making challenges under michigan law and they were too busy sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, to get anything filed in time. Right. They asked the court to decertify the election um, and transmit the result that Donald Trump was the winner. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty incredible. Right. Um, So these cases come out on November 23rd, right before Thanksgiving. That's Um, when they filed, right? That's when they filed. And then they add, like, all this shit Charles was talking about, like, all these affidavits, all this bullshit. And, uh, yeah, and then, like, a week goes by in Detroit, and, uh, you know, Detroit resident moved to, like, intervene because, you know, uh, they hadn't been sued, even though they were implicated. Mm -hmm. Um, And the court... When it was discovered that, like, the uh, plaintiffs hadn't even served their defendants yet with the, with the yeah. lawsuit. Yeah. And, and just to add amazing. really quickly, they had also, I believe, moved for a TRO, right, on the ele- – they basically yeah. wanted to enjoin the entire election on an emergency motion, essentially. So they waited three weeks to file an emergency motion that they didn't serve on anyone for a week. Right. Really to, to really put a cherry on that emergency Sunday – they yeah. just didn't try to get it. And I mean, look, I know that it's hard to figure out where the governor lives uh, to get the service. On the it probably got a little, it probably the got, yeah, I was going to say, it probably got a little harder after that. Yeah, right. The security is tighter now than it used to be at the governor's mansion in Michigan. Uh, but they didn't even bother to mail it. Right. Yeah, that's right. So their their case uh, quickly gets dismissed on like every possible basis. 
right? It's like, yeah. you don't have standing. This case is moot. Uh, latches because you waited too long. Um, what, what were the others? You're no irreparable harm meritless. and no likelihood of success. Two really big right. ones. For <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. State, the state did not waive sovereign immunity to be right. sued <laughs> in federal court. That's right. That's over yeah. this. Um, right. Also, that there was a Michigan state proceeding that raised all of the same uh, right. issues. Yeah. So, so your classic Colorado River abstention, right, and that case abstention. had already been resolved against those plaintiffs. <laughs> right. This, this With honestly, all of the same allegations. This is how they should write law school questions. Because rather than trying to figure out what the, you know, you have like a very clear answer, and then it's just how much of this can you vomit back at me, rather than like the <laughs> the more complicated stuff. Just here's the dumbest question you could possibly get. How how much of the law do you actually know? Because they got all yeah. of it wrong. <laughs> In how many ways is this wrong? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like one of those video games at a bar where you take a normal complaint and this complaint and you have to circle all the changes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, the the plaintiffs they they appeal uh to to the wrong circuit. Right. <laughs> Incredibly. Yeah. Right. They, they, they issue an <laughs> They can't even do that right. They make a mistake that I feel like any first-year law student could avoid, right? They You would get fired they, for doing this. I'm pretty sure if you were yes. a first-year associate, you would get fired. They appeal to the federal circuit, which is the circuit that covers like intellectual property law. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the court of claims and patents, is yeah, that right. it, right? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to like the geographic circuit in which, you know, Michigan sits. And and what I I just also want to say that it was a new attorney who parachuted in and the first thing she did was file a notice of appeal to the federal circuit. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're bringing in an appellate specialist, baby. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't even know what circuit this court sits in. That's why you got to get a new attorney like up to speed as soon as possible so they know exactly yeah. what they're doing. So it was rejected by every circuit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, and wrong then one I think and the, the Supreme right Court one. just yes. denied cert. Like I don't yeah. think I don't think the Supreme Court ever even issued a written opinion on this. I think it just ended up on the orders list as cert denied. Yeah, yeah I think so. And, and, and sort of relevantly, like when they were, you know, appealing to I think the Sixth Circuit once they got it right, they said this is really important. We need this decided by December eighth. Um, or maybe maybe they said that to the district court because that's like the drop dead date. And then later on, they said actually needs to be decided by December fourteenth um, because that's when the electors vote. Um, then you know the Supreme Court just sat on it and nothing got decided by de- December fourteenth. And then they just kept going. <laughs> they right. were like, "That's they're like, I don't care. We're, right. we're full steam ahead." <laughs> but, but more than that, Michigan writes them basically on December fifteenth and sends them what they call a safe harbor letter, where yeah. they're like, "Look, uh, you said it's got to be done by the fourteenth. It's, it's now the it's 15th. the fourteenth. The fourteenth yeah. is passed. You lost. You have to voluntarily dismiss now, or right. we're going to move for sanctions for the following reasons." Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they just ignored that. Yeah, that's right. They, they ignored that. You know, um, and the safe harbor letter is what it sounds like. They're like, if you respond within 21 days and do what we say, then we can't sue you for sanctions because we asked you to dismiss and you follow the rules and that's your safe harbor. But if you don't dismiss in the 21 days, you are putting a bullseye on your forehead 
because right. you were told exactly what would happen if you didn't do it. Right. And so, you know, they ignore this. And so the defendants have to file like a motion to dismiss, um, which they do. And, and the plaintiffs are like, you know, their, their stuff's due in early January. And they're like, hey, uh, can we get an extension? We want an extension to, to <laughs> for this emergency <laughs> election yeah. that was being stolen. Yeah. And so the court grants it and, and they grant, they get a couple extensions till January 19th. And then finally, like when, uh, you know, the sanctions, it, it becomes clear that they're going to get sanctioned and uh, also that they have to, like, answer this. Instead, they voluntarily dismissed on the 14th. Like after and they never they never actually put in an answer. They're like, can we get an extra two weeks to answer to this? And then just didn't. Which, which I think is an incredible move. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, you know what? On second thought, nah, no, nah, we don't want to. We don't want to deal with this. So, we'll just... and, and I wish I could find it. I seem to have lost it because even their, uh, even their dismissal, right, which they phrase as voluntary. They're like our voluntary uh, dismissal was kind of snarky. Where they're like, yeah. I yeah. suppose. <laughs> Since I have no rights. <laughs> Since this court has denied me my freedoms, I'll have to be withdrawing my case. And so there it goes. It's over, except that uh, that doesn't actually get you out of it. If you've, one, missed the safe harbor, two, forced your defendants to file motions to dismiss... Which, you know, don't just sort of come out of a printer. Right. 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 They have to, right. like, get their entire legal departments. They have to make to sure that they don't move. file in the wrong court, for one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they had to do the motion to dismiss. And the court had to keep responding to their extension requests. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, I'm a big, I, you know, I don't really love when courts talk about judicial resources as the reason for everything. But for sanctions, oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and, when and, judicial resources matter. And, and I feel like there's, like, a real interest, like a, like a legitimate interest here in deterring, or trying to at least deter, this sort of conduct in the future, right? If like you're yeah. in Michigan, you don't want this to be every every election, election, yeah, from here on out that you have to deal right. with this shit, right? So I got I got some bad news for you though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is gonna be every fucking election. It's gonna be every fucking election until there's like a lot of electoral reform, also um, known as yeah. a civil war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. There will it, it, soon. There just will be a federal circuit. Yeah. That, that everything that, that just handles these cases under the yeah. Confederacy. Yeah, and so that's it. So so then everyone had filed motions for sanctions, right? The first one was this guy, Davis, who uh, Michael alluded to before, who is the one Detroit resident who, like, came in as an intervener 
who was allowed. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he filed for sanctions under... The number uh, one Unite Blue guy in Michigan, I guess. Uh-huh. He, gets, <laughs> he gets to be the defendant. That's his reward. Right. So he and he and the governor, Governor Whitman move under 1927, Whitmer. which is like Whitmer. the federal sanctions law. And uh, and they just ask the court to invoke its inherent authority. And Detroit just files a motion straight under Rule 11, uh, you know, and all of them basically say the same thing. One, uh, all of the election procedure deficiencies by the time we filed our motion to dismiss because they didn't dismiss voluntarily have already been rejected by a state court. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they don't even have the sort of flimsy factual legs to stand on because the courts have already said it's nonsense. And also look at who they cited as experts, uh, like a sort of, you know, all of Lionel Hutz's lawyer friends. <laughs> you know, Alan yeah. Dershman, who can hold three billiard balls in his mouth. Right. But then you get yeah. that spider. Right. Everyone remembers yeah. Spider uh, and then two other guys who can't tell Michigan from Minnesota. Yeah. They got Avi from the last case. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I, I actually um, didn't do the readings I said. So who the fuck is Spider? We'll get, we get to it, I think, later in the Spider. Later. Spider is an expert who uh, had a sworn affidavit in this case. That's his name. Yeah. No, he was he was anonymous at the time of filing. He was anonymous because because if they told you intelligence, yeah, if they told you who he was, they'd have to kill you. Yeah, they 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 literally got Avi from the last case to start. Yeah. (laughs) And so Spider Spider claimed to have a background in military intelligence, which is how he knew how Dominion had rigged the machines and how they were like all of this is crazy shit like saying it out yeah. loud it that these machines the software was was uh designed on orders from Hugo Chavez to make the Venezuelan election corruptible and imported to the United States to do the same that is what he was testifying to um it turns out that a uh, spider was not, in fact, a military intelligence expert. I know that's shocking. Uh, yeah. he, he, he failed out of the, the course that he allegedly compete, completed uh, yeah. multiple times. He just kept washing out of uh, computer intelligence training when yeah. he was in the military. Yeah. This guy is making major liar. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he does. He really does. It is very impressive that a guy goes by Spider, and then you find out as the facts come out that he's even less impressive. <laughs> <laughs> like he peaked at Spider. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At least then he seemed cool. But it was all nonsense, right? And every computer expert in the world uh, tore it apart. And then Ramsland was the statistical expert who kept who in the Georgia election. And they just Mm -hmm. sort of copy and pasted his expert opinion. He was the guy who when he was he filed he filed an expert report in Georgia where his proof of overvoting in uh, Michigan 
was by citing the population in similarly named Minnesota counties. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I don't even remember what Briggs did, but it was literally two plus two equals five statistical analysis. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. And and the the Ramsland one was in in a, like, the court makes the point that, like, yeah, his analysis is laughable, but it's also, like, that was in a prior case. Like, you with the same attorneys, like Lynn Wood, who's on this case, was on the Georgia case where Ramsland mistook Minnesota for Michigan data. And it's like, how can you be using this guy as an expert again after <laughs> after that? Like, the court is like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like, Your Honor, we can't possibly data. make this mistake twice. <laughs> <Right>. I know <laughs> his stuff is legit because he's so, he was so chastised. After, <laughs> after Georgia, I knew he would be extra careful. <laughs> ridiculous. So, if you were watching the news at that time, you probably remember the hilarious hearings for all this stuff, where they all kind of started throwing each other under the bus. Um, but Lynn Wood and Sidney, Sidney Powell did not walk in there. Un- well, they did walk in there unprepared, but they had a couple tricks up their sleeve. Uh, my favorite... Yeah, some good ones. Yeah. yeah. My favorite first was that they said that they didn't sign in ink, that they only gave electronic signatures, uh, which... <laughs> The court I feel in- like that itself is sanctionable. Yeah, that argument it, yeah. is so frivolous. Yeah, and and to get a little more into it, I mean, one, this was after the pandemic. I think I I think every yeah. legal document pretty much nowadays is completely signed electronically with like, or at least a scan. Yeah. So there's so there's none of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But what they did was they cited a lot of precedent from like 1993, where like I mean, I guess to do the <laughs> same thing, you would have had to have like faxed it with your signature taped over it or something, and that probably didn't count back in 1993. And so the court was pretty much like, they were pretty much like, fucking no. Like, no, of course not. It, yeah. it, that was basically In that this age of electronic filing. Yeah, it was actually. Right. <laughs> yes. 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 Right. Yes. Right. I mean, the court basically was like, uh, that means that no one in the last three years yeah. has filed yeah. a sanctionable, I mean, not to mention, the court potentially didn't... sanctionable document. Court didn't really get into this, but like that would also mean the entire fucking lawsuit should have been thrown out in the first place, because right, presumably yeah. they were all submitted with electronic signatures. It was like, oh, okay, I guess he never sued then. Like, I guess none of this mattered, which I mean would be sanctionable in the first place. Um, it, uh, apparently, apparently there was like a rule amended in '93, yeah, yeah, also, which yeah. is why they were all their their. Yeah, there's citations right, yeah, to yeah, prior to, be, to that because now it's like explicitly okay. Yeah, it's not even like an informal practice that's been accepted. It's like 27 years, 28 right. years, of right? And it's not even like they were citing cases from before 1993. They were citing cases from like before 1893. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where like ink mattered a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like like wedding signatures thing. and seals were like the order of the day. <laughs> you know, I did not and, apply my signet ring into the wax. <laughs> uh, right, so this is not uh, a legally binding document. Yeah. yeah, so the court very much threw that out. Uh, then we basically have the throwing under the bus, where they basically all pointed the finger at each other and said, "I had nothing to do with this case. He or she did." Um, yes. And under Rule 11, that's just not uh, – that won't fly because you're still putting your name to the yeah. document. 
Yeah, I, I think Lynn Wood was a little like he basically went even further and was like, I wasn't there in the I first place, man. I wasn't. I was never there. <laughs> I don't even exist, man. Uh, and so the court kind of <laughs> takes special special uh, treatment for Wood, um, but they all kind of said like, when I signed, I did. I didn't say that I was agreeing to all this when I signed under the line that says I agree to all this. Um, <laughs> and again, just right. I mean, I, one of the things that I think non-attorneys might not know about how like the papers look is usually only one person signs, right? Right. Yeah. There's like one person who signs with the law firm and the associates and other partners who work, and then all the of counsel. Like on a big omnibus thing like this, where all of the different attorneys they just have their names like at the bottom of the signature block typed in, but everyone right. doesn't sign. Right? right, and so Lynn Wood tried to say, "I didn't even know they were putting my name down." <laughs> right, what Somebody a just huge my su- name on there. What a huge <laughs> surprise to me when I read in the newspaper that I was being sanctioned when I didn't even know Michigan had been admitted to the union. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and that didn't work. Yeah, and the, like the reasons there are just so many reasons. Why no. it didn't work. So, so for one, the the case was six months old. Like, Wood, Linwood had yeah. plenty of time to figure out that he was on the case. I mean, he was actively involved in other aspects of the quote unquote Kraken lawsuit. Like, the court was like, "No, you knew. Like, of course, you should have known that this was going on." Um, but yeah. it, it went even more than that. Um, he appeared before the Michigan court a month before these <laughs> sanctions were filed. Uh, I believe he spoke right. at at that hearing, and it, you don't do those things if you don't think you're part of the case right <laughs> right and he also was like on twitter uh, yeah that's this is the like, best oh kraken you know the lawsuit just dropped and they're I, they're trying to sanction me for truth yeah or, it was it was before <laughs> the sanctions motion he's like bring on the sanctions we'll just show how right i am <laughs> right and then he like was appearing in new york and he mentioned that he was getting, like, that the sanctions motion had happened. And then he filed a brief in the Supreme Court in Delaware <laughs> where he claimed to represent the defendants in the Michigan action. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just, the court's like, we will take judicial notice of that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they, spe- like, the judge specifically said that he was, quote, not credible. <laughs> there was also the problem of every other lawyer and being yeah. sanctioned, pointing to him and saying, "This is actually your your doing." Right? Well, right. he was doing that to them, so it's all. We'll call that one a wash. But there, it's yeah. not. It's not just um, the judge mentions it. There's a whole section in the sanctions memo that just said it's titled "Linwood is not credible." <laughs> right. that's like a subheading yeah it's so yeah, yeah. good yeah well um, i should i should say i mean not only are there subheadings like uh linwood is not credible but I, I it's never a good sign when the sanctions uh motion decision comes out and it's what like a hundred and yeah 10 10 pages. Pages. right yeah you're, it's yeah. not going to be 110 pages of exculpatory evidence <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then and then the judge chastised him for putting everything in a brief, but refusing to put it in a sworn affidavit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sorry, you like that's not how the rules work here. I loved like one of the local counsel role 
claims that he because uh, you have to read things before you submit them. You have to like you know, in general, yes. yeah. You have to, <laughs> or like, at least, be, or at least that's, that's what the best rules, practice. <laughs> the, rule, yeah. the rule implies, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you are. <laughs> You are affirming to the court like that you think this this is all above board and good and true, and you can't do that if you haven't read it. And he's like, well, he's well, like, look, Your Honor, I can't be really held responsible for the content of this because I basically just like perused it um, like an hour before it was filed, an eight hundred page thing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I I read it in an hour, and and the court is like, look, that itself would be sanctionable conduct. That, that, that's <laughs> worse. <laughs> like, if what you're saying is true, that is sanctionable conduct. Like, it's unbelievable. The other guys really put blood, sweat, and tears into this. And right. you're like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is even more contemptuous. Because I think yeah. they're crazy and you're lazy. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I, I am far more personally sympathetic to this style of legal practice. <laughs> <laughs> can't expect me to read all this. <laughs> and one person, I guess, was like, I only billed five hours on this. Yeah. And, uh, yes. uh, you know, and the judge was like, well... That's the most compelling argument. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Although I like if if this quote is is, is correct, I do like the fact that the, the sort of elegant weasel wording uh, of this defense, which is, you know, I read it in an hour, but the way it's phrased, and I, I read it in well over an hour. <laughs> Your Honor, <laughs> it could be seventy seventy two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Could be two hours. I don't. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Want to minimize it and yet not seem like a complete boob? You know, well, well, well over an hour, Your Honor. Um, I, I also I really liked Sidney Powell. Uh, yes, that yeah. approach, which was saying like, "Hey, look, lawyers are like journalists. You gotta you gotta trust your sources." Um, and so you know we have all these affiants, right? They're they're signing affidavits. We gotta. We gotta I, trust him. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I mean, because this is that's great. Because number one, lawyers are nothing like that, right? But number no. two, <laughs> neither are journalists. Yeah. <laughs> like their job is their job is not just to trust what some guy said, no. right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Their, their actual job is to like critically evaluate it and, yeah. and like report on it if it's true. And not if it's if it's not. Well, but, I mean, I Sydney, think you protect your sources. I'm not sure you just gormlessly <laughs> trust them uh, in everything they say. Sydney, Sydney probably is just used to being in the Trump thing, where all she sees is Maggie Haberman. She's like, you just repeat what they say verbatim, and just don't even don't even <laughs> ask questions. <laughs> Right. I mean, I think it's very funny that when she talked about that analogy, when the judge talked about that analogy, the judge is like, she did not have a site for this proposition. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, didn't she? Um, I my though I have to say my favorite Sidney Powell move was that it was First Amendment opinion. Uh, And not only was it not only was it First Amendment opinion. But if you look at the lawsuit where Dominion is suing her, they refer to her claims as wild and outlandish. Therefore, uh, no one would have taken them literally. 
<laughs> so in a sense, Your Honor, who's, who's the dumbass? QED, Your Honor. I cannot be sanctioned for... You should for be sanctioned for bringing this case forward. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she analogized uh, taking this case yeah. uh, to Thurgood Marshall bringing board, Brown v. Board of Education. Which, actually, I think um, Rule 11, I believe, has a carve-out for if you think the law should go some way, right? I mean, there's a reason that, like, abortion yeah, yeah. activists don't get hit with these all the time and it's because they think the law kind of should go some way but very important it still needs to be based on any kind of factual assertion whatsoever uh you can't just make stuff up or or like a real legal theory yes like they don't have any real legal theories yeah right like the the one case site that keeps coming up right is uh like do they don't know what to talk about Throckmorton? Yeah, or Throckmorton, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Throckmorton's their big case. It's a case from the eighteen hundreds that's a land grant case that in I mean literally dicta, right? Like within the case the, the judge just says fraud vitiates everything, which yeah. Powell and company take to mean literally that like if there's fraud, anything goes, pretty much. Which I, I, I don't know this case very well. I do not believe that that is the intended or literal meaning of that phrase within no, the, the context the, of that case. The, the case went the opposite way, actually. The case was like, look, there's this land grant. And, there was and you're challenging it because you're saying it was procured, this judgment was procured by, on fraudulent means. But you can't challenge it on those grounds. Like, you can't. Like, that's not right. grounds for challenging it. So... The the holding of the case was literally that fraud does does not vitiate. <laughs> <laughs> Some say that fraud vitiates everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, that's and where those... they would be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this court today finds otherwise. <laughs> right? It's like it's like a movie poster that has ellipses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say exactly. Exactly. That, Yeah. <laughs> incredible! Incredible! Um, so yeah, no law. No law and no reason to believe the law should be different. Just yeah. this sort of constant claim that uh, everything was broken and therefore, Your Honor, yeah. therefore, Your president. Honor, my vote has been diluted and so everyone's vote needs to be thrown away right. and you must anoint our God King. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, so, yeah, so the allegations of fraud were like were clearly bullshit, but even if they were true, they weren't even necessarily, like, the, the factual allegations weren't even necessarily, like, describing illegal conduct, right? They were like, we saw people drop off ballast for someone else. Well, that's that's legal in Michigan. <laughs> and, not only not only is it legal, it's expressly legal. Right, it's expressly like it's not, legal. It's not impliedly legal. There are sections of the election code that say you may drop off the ballot for someone else. A lot of the affidavits right. dealt with, like, I wasn't allowed to see the voting as a GOP, you know, whatever, representative election watcher, which general, I mean, there's a, they're allowed reasonable access to the votes, but they're not allowed unlimited access to, like, sniff the votes and put them in their ass or whatever the hell these guys were, like, wanting to do at the time, <laughs> which is, like, what they were complaining, like, they were complaining about that. Like, that's what they were complaining about, essentially. So right. Yeah, so some of the allegations were like, oh, I saw double voting, and, and their evidence was that they saw people who had requested absentee ballots vote in person and instead, which, again, is explicitly allowed in <laughs> under 
Michigan law. Yep. Um, no postmarks uh, when people dropped off their ballot in person. So because... the envelope does not have a postmark. <laughs> yeah, well, it's weird. It's weird when you hand deliver your your envelope. That's not doesn't have a postmark. That's bizarre. Um, I did. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you guys are you guys cool with me doing a dramatic reading? Please, of one of please. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a dramatic reading now of one of the uh, affidavits. This is the quality of the allegations. Um, this is this is from Matt uh, Scientar. Scientar. I don't know how that's pronounced. Scientar. Scientar. Lack of scientar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make a little legal joke there for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a legal concept if you guys don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, the afternoon following following the election. As I was taking my normal dog walk very mid-afternoon, I witnessed a dark van pull into the small post office located in downtown Plymouth, Michigan. I witnessed a young couple pull into the parking lot and proceed to exit their van, no markings, molesters, <laughs> and open up the back hatch and proceed to take three to four very large clear plastic bags out and walk them over to a running USPS vehicle that appeared as if it was, quote-unquote, waiting for them. (laughs) There was no interaction between the couple and any USPS employee, which I felt was very odd. They did not walk inside the post office like a normal customer to drop off mail. It was as if the postal worker was told to meet and stand by there until these large bags arrived. The bags were clear plastic with markings in black on the bag, and on the inside of these clear bags were other plastic bags that were not clear. <laughs> could not see what was inside. <laughs> there were what looked like a black security zip tie on each bag, as if they were tamper-evident type of devices to secure the bag. By the time I realized I should take pictures of the bags, once I noticed this looked odd, they had taken it off. The other oddity was that the appearance of the couple after the drop they were smiling laughing at one another what i witnessed and considered that could be in those bags could be ballots going to the tcf center or coming from the tcf center <laughs> that's that is that is that um, is amazing Incredible, you, Michael. Thank you so much. It was yeah. like I was there, <laughs> and, and now I agree that Donald is Trump is the stuff. president of the United States. <laughs> that chilling stuff. It was yeah. like I could have been there. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible to hear in such detail. In defense of this affidavit, that a guy saw some people. <laughs> Yeah, the the the, the attorney with the bag containing bags. Yeah, the bag uh, containing bags. <laughs> in defense of submitting this affidavit, counsel said the witness is setting forth exactly what he observed and the information he bases it on. He saw these plastic bags. It is a true affidavit. Inside were other bags, and for all we know, inside those other bags may have been yet further bags. <laughs> Your Honor, it's bags all the way down. <laughs> and, the, and the court is just like, there's no proof that anything happened. It's like the court says exactly what you, listener, are thinking. What does any of that mean? What does it mean? It's just plastic bags. You 
saw someone with plastic bags give them to a postman. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Like, I don't know how a court could read that and conclude, as this court does, that this is a quote-unquote master class on making conjectural leaps and bounds. <laughs> if anything, it's a master class in catching the evil left at, the, at their own game. <laughs> this is this is by the way my the, the, the part of the opinion that i loved during the hearing plaintiff's counsel further asserted that quote we don't typically rewrite what an affiant says unquote. <laughs> that is good yeah but <laughs> that is good but and then of course all of the reasons it's not good right <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. The, the The court notes that this this affidavit was in support of uh, it's supposed to, quote unquote, show fraud. Fraud of what? Like, what is this? It's just it's it's bag fraud. It's bag fraud. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's and Principal then, Skinner. Then, um, I, or, I saw Principal Skinner and Miss Krabappel making babies and then the babies looked at me. I mean, how, how do they wind up with, I mean, I, I saw better shit than this on Twitter, you know? Like, yes, you know, right. Absolutely. Oh, look at this. You know, here's a, here's a, here's a box full of ballots. You know, I'm not sure what the context is, but I mean, that would be more, you know, like just a well, picture of a box Well, they had 800 of, of them, ballots. so yeah. I think well, yeah, okay. you right. get 700 of those bangers. cherry picking the worst yeah, one. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. And well, and Melissa Carone, who people probably remember because she was uh, kind of attractive, uh, mm. testifying in the Michigan uh, thing. And she's just like, I believe her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe women. Yeah. yeah. I believe Melissa Carone yeah. in particular. And she's just like, I saw two vans that they said they were bringing food, but I didn't see food. And then I saw on the news, Michigan discovered 100,000 more ballots, not even two hours after the van left. <laughs> That's it. I saw a van, then I saw the news, and it was after the van. <laughs> we got him. We got- Trump is the president. <laughs> Judge, your honor. Uh, it's incredible. It's, uh, it's really fantastic stuff. Yep. And then they just had, like, affidavits copied from the state litigation and yeah, the Georgia just... litigation and the Arizona litigation. And, like, everything anyone filed anywhere was appended to this complaint as more evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, wow, look at all this evidence. This mosaic of evidence. Any one piece... <laughs> You might not find convincing, but when you look at the whole... <laughs> you can't throw it all out. There's no doubt there was, there was fraud here. Right, you open the door yeah. and then you're looking at the Always Sunny billboard. <laughs> right? Where he's just like pointing at the wall. Yeah, with, with all the, like, the string. And, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, exactly. Yep, all of that. Um, there's even, I mean, there's even like a legal term. Because they're like, you know, this doesn't even have to be bad faith. I can sanction you without finding bad faith uh, because empty head, pure heart isn't a defense. (laughs) (laughs) And empty head, pure heart is in quotes. It's like a legal doctrine. Oh, my God. That's that's awesome. That's so great. I didn't learn that in law school. (laughs) No one told you about pure heart defenses. We we already talked about subheadings, but I had highlighted here also that you you know you were in trouble when there's sub subheadings like counsel's failure to inquire into Ramsland's outlandish and easily debunked numbers. <laughs> 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 
this the that's the, that's what this whole opinion is like. It's just a running through their their total garbage. Yep. Yep. And then she's like, it's clearly for an un- improper purpose because after the sanctions hearing, Lynn Wood was on Telegram saying that my hearing was like Venezuela or communist China. <laughs> Probably not a great thing to have before she writes the opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I guess if you know you're gonna get fucking shit kicked. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> may, may as well go balls out. Oh, yeah, right? and or and or maybe you, you tr- yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get all the tankies on your side so that you can say that look, Venezuela and communist China have perfect rule of law. They they take the time to go through every detail of wrong <laughs> things that you've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not great. Uh, in in uh, just one last one from the annals of you don't want to see in your opinion is an yeah. italicized section, <laughs> uh, and the section where the italics were in the original was uh, this case was never about fraud. It was about undermining the people's faith in our democracy and debasing the judicial process to do so. And I got to tell you, you do not want to hear the national anthem while the boot comes down on your <laughs> neck. Yeah. It's, it is a bad sign for the next 107 pages. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I and I think one of the funny things, I guess, like one of the last things is the uh, they talk about evidentiary hearings a lot, like at the yeah. sanctions hearing. They're like, right. well, your honor. You can't decide this without an evidentiary hearing. Uh, we want the chance to prove that our claims are factually true. Right. How can you decide whether these affidavits, uh, like submitting these affidavits, are sanctionable until you've learned whether or not there was an unmarked van with, yeah. plas- with plastic bags at the local post office? Like, you need to look into this. We need to be able to substantiate this. That's That was basically the gist of it. That's... And, if, and, I mean, of course, the answer is you've already admitted you didn't research any of it. You don't get to try and prove it at the sanctions hearing. Right? right? I'm not opening this up for discovery of vans. Uh, one yeah. last thing, too, is that uh, we mentioned earlier Davis, the, the Unite Blue guy. I assume he just is always posting yep. on Facebook all day. Uh, his attorney, did, they, did he, he also kind of got a little – little scathing. He didn't get sanctions, I don't think, right? But but basically no fees were awarded to Davis's attorney because basically he didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> no, nothing <laughs> right. Davis's attorney did. He had no business being there in the no, first place. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The judge said that he added nothing but waste to the proceedings. Which again, <laughs> you like you're not even on there like you're on the other side. Like that's just a demoralizer. Just like you like every every first level associate's like, am I doing good? Am I like, am I contributing to the firm or whatever? And it's just like getting that in papers. Like, no, you're not. No, you, <laughs> no. you contribute <laughs> nothing. Not. Uh, also, judicial notice: everyone is talking about you behind your back. Uh, they know you're high right now. You're going to be high forever. And the reason, like, he just kept filing in between the motion to dismiss and like everything for, like, he would keep filing updates. Which would be like, <laughs> see this Daily Coast article uh, for more that's, information. That on... is the perfect attorney for a guy like Davis. 
Right. And so just just getting the court increasingly frustrated. And I don't know, like, if it reminded, like, I don't know how much you guys have done in terms of class action stuff. I know Tarek has done some. But once it's once it's over and the plaintiff's counsel are divide are like dividing the spoils. Right. It is blood sport. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and like, the yes. little guys who file, like, follow-on stuff and try to sort of generate hours. Right. So they have a sanctions claim at the end. The big guns just dump on them right. in, the, in their yeah. own fee motions, being like, I kept tripping over this dummy on the way to filing meritorious stuff because he just wanted to keep being involved. And the judges have, like, I mean, I guess they have enough patience for them that evolution has, like, led them to, like, really keep filing. They found a niche. Yeah. yeah. But they don't get a lot because the other attorneys really point out how useless they are. And in this one, the court just seems to have done it sui sponte. And right. then, like, you just bothered me the whole way. You get nothing. <laughs> I guess if we're trying to glean a lesson from all this, you know, in this kind of world where we're like being blasted with like fire hoses of worth of bullshit yeah. every day, right? Um, yeah. Go for it. Be a legend. <laughs> Fuck it. What's the worst thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. But, you know, also like, you know, it as, as much as we dump on lawyers and we dump on the courts, you know, I, I guess there is something to be said for the fact that the courts are so sclerotic as an institution that they still believe in consequences for just saying crazy shit. You know, mm -hmm. like you can go become the president, say a bunch of crazy shit. You can be in Congress or, you know, be a Senator, say all the crazy shit you want media, say all the crazy, you know, consequences seem to be in short supply. So it is sort of, I guess we got to give credit where credit is due that at least in the legal profession, uh, if you, roll up uh, into the court with a bunch of affidavits about a guy who saw a bag inside of a bag. Eventually, you might have to pay the piper at least slightly. You know? yeah. And I guess that is yeah. something of a positive in the failing state that is America. I, I, I'm going to give credit to the court here uh, and to the courts generally that, that, that there is there are at least some standards. I'm going to push yeah. back a little bit because we've already lived through Bush v. Gore. Right. I mean, Bush yeah, v. Gore yeah. was more or less that what really yeah. happened here was that everyone involved up to and including Trump was just incompetent at their core. Right. Right. So I think mm -hmm. that's the bar. You can't do this incompetently. Right. You can't do this at the last minute and just say, like, oh, shit, can we have a, can we have a new election, please? Like, you have to do more yeah. than that. Um, yeah. I'm not I, as confident that. You know, those those affidavits in the context of a much more competently filed suit might be at least a little more successful. And we'll I think we'll I, see. I, I think we'll see in the future. Right. When like yeah. some Wisconsin state senator over does exactly this with a lawyer who isn't the worst lawyer on Earth. Like, yeah. We'll see so, how that goes. so one thought I had with this, like the entire time this was going on was like the entire legal profession, like at least the online legal profession, the same people who will tell you like. Oh, you can't 
you know, harass Neil Katyal for supporting child slavers, right, or, or representing child slavers. We're, like, laughing at these guys and mocking mm. them and joking about it. But, it like, yeah, if it were Paul Clement and it was all very slickly done, even mm. if it was, like, meritless and even if it got tossed, they wouldn't be pointing and laughing. Right. Yes, right? yeah, they I might agree. Be like, they might be, like, somberly being like, oh, I'm so disappointed in Paul Clement or whatever. But that would that would be it. And, and that's, like, I think that's a that's that goes to show, like, just, like, the sort of uh, emptiness of legal culture. Well, I, right? again, I don't think it's that. I think these guys really fumbled the bag at every possible step, right? You can't just also go Also the bag up. inside the bag. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> But you can't I mean, just go up there and look like an idiot, right? Like that, that's I mean, kind yeah, of a big had, crime. <laughs> the reason why Paul Clement wouldn't be here is because yeah. Paul Clement at least has the sense to have not taken this case, right? For I sure. mean, certainly, yeah, for sure. like, certainly, like Paul Clement supports really like underlying underlying principles that we collectively find horrible but have some purchase in a majority of the supreme court and generally yeah. right and this is just crazy shit like this mm. is literally just people saying like change stuff you know and like on the subject of sanctions like debdrins on twitter and I have been sort of needling each other over DMs with the insurrection cases because I keep expecting, or at least until recently, I kept ha expecting the hammer to drop on these people who clearly show no inclination to follow court orders. You know, like yeah. there was the one woman who was ordered to wear a mask at work and then showed up at work in a mesh mask. You know, and right. so she yeah. got called in, you know, for a contempt hearing and she cried and apologized. And I was sure the judge was going to throw her in jail. And Debdrins was like, nope, nope, yeah. the whole system's cucked. It'll never happen. And then he was right. And so he's <laughs> right. like been poking me. He's been poking me over this stuff until finally in the last couple of days, a couple of these people have actually been thrown in prison for not following the orders including one who kept shouting admiralty solves its slogans in the courtroom yeah. who started screaming when the bailiffs went to take her to jail and her bail was revoked because she really thought she had magic spells and that again can't possibly be the bar like the bar's gotta yeah. be a lot uh, lower than that before yeah. the judge starts slapping people around. Right. Well, I mean, I think I think the the way we started this episode sort of highlights how we get we got here, right? <clears throat> like the standards for Rule 11 sanctions are incredibly low, and even then they aren't like applied to that level, right? Nope. Like mm -hmm. there is plenty of things that like by the letter of the law violate sanctions that w as we discussed, are like everyday parts of the practice of law that get totally, you know, uh, greenlit and, and is never punished. And, and so there's just sort of uh, like we, we've let it fester, right? We've let things sure. just sort of yeah. get worse and worse until like, yeah, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't you just try this? What, what's the worst <laughs> that could happen? Right? Well, and, you found out. Like, yeah, they fucked around and they found out. Like, there is a limit. There is a limit. But uh, it's why I think, like, the punishment needs to be substantial, right? Like, 
Like, and it's I not clear that, here that it is. I mean, right. they, have to, they have to do some CLE. they got to write a book report on the CLE. They're going to have to pay, like, some uh, uh, fees at, like, you know, government rates, you know, I yeah. guess maybe. Uh, and they've been referred uh, for disbarment. But that itself is extremely rare if you haven't commingled client funds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I was going to say is, like, the, the court can't disbar them, but it referred them for disbarment. And it's like, I feel like you, they have to be. Like if you're if they're not disbarred, they're back, you know, in, or somebody just like them in the next well, election. That's the point. Yeah. If if they are disbarred, somebody just like them, uh, you know, Barnes Law or whoever, you know, will be right back in the saddle the next time. Right? Well, and I think yeah. I, I think Tarek kind of mentioned this, but like disbarring is really only a threat if you're going to lose a bunch of clients and and you know yeah. reputation if and things like that career somebody like lynn wood place. somebody like lynn wood they're just going to go on fox news and be a legal expert right like they're not only just going to make money they're going to make money kind of opining on the law probably not fox news at this point probably newsmax they're going to substack yeah. you know, some peter yeah. thiel exactly. funding yes they'll, they'll go fund me for their to pay the to pay the sanctions and even if they're disbarred they'll get to hide behind the color of the legal profession they'll say i was a lawyer until i was unfairly disbarred in a political act blah 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 but they'll still get to have the mysticism of being a lawyer you know mm-hmm. uh and it's over but for the fact that uh there are like, you know, they're probably going to have the same thing in Georgia and in Pennsylvania and everywhere, right? Like, right. eventually yeah. these cases have to come down everywhere. Well, I mean, you know, they might get better at it. <laughs> yeah, they might. No. Keep and, trying. And like, well, and the it, other thing is, like, the, the infrastructure wasn't necessarily there yeah, that's, for this. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, the Republicans didn't do their homework. That's part of the reason they got sanctions, is, is the Republicans didn't do their homework before the election to make enough of their like to be a, a cloud of suspicion over the election beforehand. But but like yeah, like the Wisconsin the like heavily gerrymandered Wisconsin state legislature next time around, like I would I would not be surprised if they uh you know they were the the plaintiffs or or were actively uh, you know, yeah. helping these lawsuits by like nominating a, a separate elector, you know, a, a separate slate of electors, and trying to send them and cr- trying to create a controversy about, you know, who is the rightful slate of electoral well, college and, electors, and more importantly, making it illegal to to go in there without a postmarked envelope, or making it illegal to drop off more than you know. Oh, things like that. Oh, yeah. Like and once, they're already once that becomes that. yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, there, right. there are hundreds of new laws uh, right now in all these Republican states doing all this shit to make it yeah as hard. Right, as they call dropping yeah. off ballots ballot harvesting and right. do everything they, they can to they, pretext. And they take they strip as much authority as they can from local election boards to put it in the yeah. hands of the Secretary of State to make sure that nobody in Atlanta is allowed to vote. Right. I was going to say in Georgia, they're like trying to strip the local election board. Yeah. In yeah. Atlanta. In Houston, there's like one drop off site in uh, yeah. in the entire in Harris County which is like bigger than New York City geographically and there's yeah. just one place in the entire count like every and they're like well but every county has one drop off yeah you know so it makes sense that it would be that one county that has like 6 million people spread out over you know however many square miles yeah. you know yeah and uh, I mean, even bar, even barring all that, you know, I, I've I've taken enough affidavits in my time to know that uh, 
You can always find somebody to say that they saw a bag with some bags inside of it that had ballots <laughs> inside of the second bag. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Uh, you know, like just get <laughs> yeah. some better liars. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And maybe, maybe, maybe you can do better next time. Well, luckily, at least, uh, you know, since Democrats control both houses of Congress and uh, the presidency and they've got a, a great, uh, you know, multiple <laughs> voting bills, I'm sure they'll reform the Electoral yep. Count Act and definitely pass all that. And we'll be we'll be fine. Nothing to worry about for yep. our next 100%. election cycle. Yep. We got the tie breaking vote in the Senate, baby. We're in the clear. <laughs> yeah. Just look out for the fucking parliamentarian. Clark, you got the right idea when we went out of country. Uh, <laughs> au revoir, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>